Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Wing Guru. It's where Billy Richmond is putting together the most fantastic wings you've ever had in your life. It's 22 flavors that he's come up with. The latest of which, the Triple J, inspired by the great Jaron Jackson Jr. And now the Triple C. Can't catch Cal. That's Calvin Austin, former Tiger wide receiver. Need to try those as well as the 19 others and find out what your favorite is. My favorite's the Nashville Hot. I know John loves him some garlic sriracha. Need to start getting Brad's favorite. I'm going to ask him that after I get done with telling you how good these wings are. Lemon pepper. Lemon pepper. Wise man. That's my wife's favorite. Mm-hmm. Wing Me and Giannis. So you smart. You and Giannis and Faith Smith. Yes, Faith Love Smith is in there. Lemon pepper. And I'm sure a great many more. Cheers. Well, all three of you all do. No question about I'm it. Jason Smith. You've got great taste if you're going over to the Wing Guru. Again, Billy Richmond, happy birthday hey, to you, OG. Hey, I saw that. this week celebrating his birthday. You're doing a lot, man. You're doing a lot with your business. You're doing a lot for the city in terms of giving back. Everybody's proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. When you see Billy Richmond in these Memphis streets, First off, get some wing guru, then tell them that Jason and John sent you. Ooh, I love this song. It puts me in a great, grateful mood. Same. Grateful mood. Same. Um, We're going to talk about the song. Every day around this time we do the rundown. Let's do it. It's the rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Before we do, though, Memphis got a big one tomorrow, and this is Memphis Tigers basketball. We'd mentioned Grizzlies off until Friday. They will resume with the Clippers. Yep. Yes, here at FedEx Forum on Friday. Uh, but back here to the local college team. Memphis now sitting at 18-8. and eight. We've mentioned it, lost 6 of 9, taking on a Charlotte team that's won 11 of 12. And maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a bit surprising to some. Uh, you figure Memphis is going to be favored in this game. They're back at home. Ken Palm's got it as a five-point Memphis win. Again, against a pretty red-hot Charlotte team. He's only lost twice in the American, and one of those was its first game of the of the conference season against SMU. So they've been super hot. Should have beaten uh, league-leading South Florida a couple uh, two weeks ago. So this is a Charlotte team that can absolutely come in here and beat you. We told you that. Here's what we didn't get to. And I just, you know, talking about how tough this is right now for Penny Hardaway, for these players sort of trying to find the right balance, trying to find the ones that are bought in, but also the ones that can help you win right now in a desperate situation. We had mentioned this yesterday. I don't think we ever got to it, Brad. David Jones had some things to say Mm -hmm. after uh, Memphis' latest loss that, you know, if you're trying to pull a team together, just the indication from these from this quote is just that it's it's going to be tough. Here's what he says. Want to see what you think? Makes me feel horrible. I came to Memphis to win. I've been losing basically my whole career in college. I was trying to make a good run, go to the NCAA tournament. We had a Final Four team. We still can do it, though. We've just got to go and win the AAC tournament. I feel horrible, though, because I feel like we let the city of Memphis down. They were behind us ten toes, and we didn't respond well. 
Last thing, I just want some guys to follow me. Mm-hmm. Okay, He's talking about his teammates here. To play as hard as I play every day. I try to just play hard. I'm not with the talking. I don't like to do much talking. I just like to play hard, and I'm hoping some guys follow me through that. Um, talking about, obviously, coming up with this game on Wednesday. 7 o'clock game. It'll be on ESPN Plus uh, tomorrow night. Memphis has called for a blackout. Uh, they, for whatever that means to you, you know. Hopefully, the, you're, you're looking for a good environment. But again, this is an ESPN Plus game, not a feature game. Frankly, you haven't been good when you've been featured on ESPN. Right. Uh, all that said, you know, it, you, know you, you like Penny has talked about, and he talked about this yesterday's radio show, not having the leadership that he had last season with Kendrick and with DeAndre, and clearly, David Jones right now is trying to do that. You know, whether it's in his words or in the way that he's playing. And again, it's not just the points and the rebounds. And for the most part, you know, David's been good. It's, it's, it's the way, and we've discussed this, he is now in other areas. You can tell he stepped it up. Stepped it up trying to be a playmaker. Now, he didn't do much of that last game because, hell, nobody was riding with you in that game to, to make plays too. But whether it's the playmaking, whether it's defensively, you're seeing a guy say, okay, I've got to be better especially defensively. Remember the blown assignments by David Jones? Cost you some games, okay? And so you're seeing a guy step up. That, that's a leader to me, okay? And, and right now he should obviously be at the forefront of this. It's funny. We, we went into last week, Brad. You and I believe in Memphis had a really good chance to win both games. I think we did that cap or no cap last week, and we thought they were going to win both games. I mean, you had a chance to really make a statement. Um, David Jones tried. He tried. He just didn't have anybody with him. But, but back to the point we're making, when we went into those three. I said Memphis just needs to hop on and get behind this big three of David Jones, Naquan Tomlin, and Javon Quinterly. Well, since last week, you've seen that Quinterly's, I mean, whether it's Nate Oates' comments or just the fact that we've watched this thing now through, what, two-thirds of a season, almost a full regular season, it is who he is. He's up and down. And so back to my point, maybe it ain't a big three. Maybe it's a big two. I'm not telling you, Quinlan's going to get some run. It's, all y'all that are all y'all that are sort of laying this solely at the feet of Javon Quinlan, I think you're wrong for just laying it at his feet. He has been inconsistent. It's been, he's been an enigma is how I explained it to uh, one of my Tiger friends. You, you can't figure him out. Like, what motivates him? You've hit game-winning shots this season where we've looked at you. Hell, Brad, wasn't he a, a Koozie Award finalist? Yeah. Former SEC tournament MVP? And in their games like this past one where he's, you know, doesn't look like he wants to get up off the floor or you, uh, Naquan Tomlin gets a steal, you know, you're going down the floor, you've got a fast break, and he shoots a leaning three yeah. with Naquan straight, to, and you miss it, you know, and he's holding his own head, but that decision there. Again, go to the basket, get the easy basket. So, so I, you know, I, I've got criticisms of Javon Quinley too. This ain't all on him. But back to this point, maybe because it is what it is, you know, you can't depend on him for 40 minutes. Just get behind David Jones, Tomlin. Everybody else get behind. The ones that are bought in, the ones who ain't, whatever it takes to win. Uh, blackout Wednesday, uh, tomorrow night, obviously FedEx Forum, 7 o'clock. Penny Hardaway's hoping for a good environment. I, I just, we're going to see how bought in Memphis fans still are. Yep. We're going to get some indication of that this week because you've got two at home, this Charlotte game. You lose that one, there ain't going to be much of an atmosphere when you play Florida Atlantic. You know, the, well, uh, this and I, weekend. I think that's the motivation for a fan to come out is, okay. It's kind of last stand time. That's that's the motivation. Especially like, since yeah. they're both at home this week. Yeah, I'm going to come in. I'm going to wear my black. I'm going to support the team. I'm assuming they'll wear black, too. Now, you, you went against Charlotte, and even with this, and I'm pretty sure they did, Florida Atlantic dropping out of the top 25, 
I mean, they're still, yeah. you know, they, they're still, what, 33 at Ken Palm. This is a game that you looked at before the season that we couldn't wait for. Yeah. It's still a big one. So my point is, if they, if the Penny can game. beat Charlotte, a team he's still more talented than, but a team that's playing real well, second place in the AAC right now, you could have a pretty good atmosphere on Sunday there for Florida go. Atlantic. There People that are hoping and praying that you can put together five wins in a row here, yep. right, and and make a strong uh, make a run. Again, I, it feels like at large is out the window, but you have to, whether it's just getting. You know, into you some, some sort of rhythm. Here. You need something. momentum. Key word, Brad. Before you get to that AAC tournament, yes. you got to try to build it uh, right now. Uh, Penny is saying he's just going to he's going to do it with the guys that are bought in. We think he'll play everybody, mm-hmm. d- d- do whatever he's got to do. Hopefully, like I said, this frustration though leads to something different. Whether it's defensively, what you're doing, you absolutely had no effect. Uh, SMU uh, on them defensively, there was no resistance. So, um, you know, we'll see if there's change on the court. Penny's. Talking the talk, but like I said uh, in that first hour, ain't about what you say right now. You're not going to convince anybody that's that's not on board. It's about that product that you're putting on the floor. So we'll see what it looks like tomorrow night for the blackout down at FedEx Forum. Memphis taking on Charlotte, 7 p.m. That's an ESPN Plus game. Next story. All right, two-week NFL franchise tag window opens today. Runs through uh, 3 p.m. on March 5th. Obviously, each team allowed to tag one player who's scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent. agent. Doing so, keep that player with the franchise for this upcoming season. Going through some of the more interesting ones. We won't won't go through all the NFL here, but some of the the, the ones you would put at the top in terms of guys that could be franchised, very well could. Uh, They mentioned ESPN does T. Higgins, who's frankly a number one receiver just as much as Jamar Chase is as a guy that could get franchised. In his end-of-the-season news conference, quarterback Joe Burrow made it clear he expects Higgins to be back for 2024 with a long-term deal, a big question mark. That's the question is, can they pay Jamar, Burrow, and T. Higgins? Um, The franchise tag is the most logical solution for the Bengals if they want to keep Higgins for at least another season. They don't do it. Good chance uh, they might be saying bye-bye to Higgins. Again, Joe Burrow seems to want him and feel like he needs him with Jamar Chase. And so that one's for the Titans, they say no candidate. What about and Henry? You're not going to do it. The projected $12.4 million tag that it would be for Derrick Henry as a top five, as a franchise running mm-hmm. back, too expensive okay. to use on him at this point. Uh, Danico Autry's 11 and a half sacks led the Titans last season, but he likely falls under the defensive and he likely falls under defensive end category, which is $23 million oh on God. that franchise tag. Um, they're, they're the top pending free agents on offense and defense. And at 30 and 33 years old, yeah. large one year deals don't fit, you know, Doesn't the work. sort of rebuild plan. That's right. And so for Titans, they've got, they've got no candidate on y'all because you are in sort of a rebuild mode for the Super Bowl champion chiefs to round out the AFC or at least the interesting ones. Cause nobody cares about yeah. John's Raiders. Uh, Legereus <laughs> Sneed is what they suggest the chiefs might do. The cost okay. of tagging Sneed, uh, their cornerback who's out, outstanding. Yeah, he's amazing for that defense. He's a lockdown. The cost of tagging Sneed likely more than 18 million at that cornerback position would be difficult he for the Chiefs to manage. <laughs> so this move is hardly a given if the sides can't agree on a long-term deal. Uh, Chiefs drafted four cornerbacks in 2022 and one more last year, so they've been preparing to lose Snead for some time. Mm-hmm. Chiefs didn't pay Tyreek Hill. Like they 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 will they move know. on. They know right uh, if they have to. And yeah. in that situation, sounds like they might decide not to franchise tag um, Snead. Look, Chris Jones gonna get his money. Yep. 
You can't franchise it. For those asking, well, why not just put a franchise on Chris Jones? It would be more than $32 million for him. He's going to get a lot more At his that. position. He's going to get a deal. They would be foolish. Yeah. He's, the, he's, the, he's the Patrick Mahomes of their defense. He is. You need him as much as you need yes. Patrick Mahomes. We saw it. Over in the NFC, yep. Cowboys. All you Cowboy listeners, yeah, who are you going to franchise? There? No candidate. Cowboys have not been shy about using the franchise tag in recent years. They used it on Tony Pollard, our man, out of Melrose Will he get last year. a deal there at Dallas? Either? I don't know, man. It sounds like to me. Uh, or he walk if they don't give him a franchise. Because, look, Dallas needs Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's kind of a good marriage if you think I, about now, it. Now, I would like to have both of them. I would, too. Or, but in terms of paying running backs. And you could get some miles off you know, of that's that Derrick Henry But tires. what Dallas missed, and I love Tony Pollard, and he's been great in Dallas, but they missed the red zone threat. They missed what Ezekiel Elliott had yeah. done for them the year before and in complimenting being the compliment to Tony Pollard. Goal line stuff. They missed yeah. him last year. They let Zeke go to the Patriots, wasn't yep. it? And he, yeah, just that's right. he didn't do much for them at all. No. They missed that red zone threat in that mm-hmm. offense. All the pressure was on Dak to throw it into the end yeah. zone. Red zone, they struggled a lot of times they last did. year. Derrick Henry is perfect for them. Uh, moving on. So, that, anyway, no candidate for those Cowboys, at least to, uh, to them, according okay. to ESPN. They don't think it's smart. Giants, Saquon Barkley. Giants used it last year on Barkley at $10.1 million. That was off a career-best season. Now it's $12.1 million off of a sub-1,000-yard season, and he's another year older at 27. This seems to be headed in a different direction this time around rather than using the franchise on Barkley. I've seen a lot of talk about Barkley and Bears. In terms really? of yeah, free agency. I, I don't want any part of it. I'm, I, I'm in the, of the mind now I've moved on where you don't need high-paid running backs. You can do it by yeah. committee. You know, you know. Sure, if you've got a stud, that's it's great, mm-hmm. and you can be you can be high level, but you don't necessarily. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Yeah, they just keep going through these young guys. Uh, uh, it was Clyde Edwards Alaire a couple years ago. Now it's Pacheco. Yep, they're not paying high dollar money to their running back. No, Pacheco and they're was winning like a titles. fourth or a seventh round. Or yes, something. and they're winning yeah. titles. I just think that's the way to go, and it's unfortunate yep. for that position yeah. how much it's been devalued. Frankly, you talk about franchise tags, they're one of the lowest ones that you got to pay. You heard, if you franchise Chris Jones, it's over $37 million. Yep. Franchise a running back, it's twelve. So, so that position's been greatly devalued, but that's where we are in the NFL right now. And then for uh, the San Francisco 49ers, they've got no candidate. Some might be asking about Chase Young, defensive end Chase Young, probably the biggest name on the list, but he isn't coming off the type of breakthrough season after making the trade for him mm-hmm. from the commanders that would make him a must-keep. So good chance that Chase Young is on the market. I really do feel good. At the time, I didn't know if my Bears got the right commander's uh, uh, defensive lineman when they took Montez Sweat instead of Chase Young, mm-hmm. but I feel a lot better about it now, having watched Montez Sweat basically transform the Bears' defense into a unit that, okay, well, now we got a real rusher, makes everybody else better, to Chase Young was, I, I want to tell you, good early on in this uh, in the Super Bowl, and then just like the rest of the season, you barely even saw him. Yeah. And so, uh, again, he had he didn't do enough to get re-signed, it doesn't feel like to me, by San Francisco. But maybe maybe they do a longer-term deal with him and like him for the future. But those are the uh, the more interesting franchise tag options. Again, Dallas Cowboys doesn't look like they'll Let do anything. Back Titans, to Cowboys, Titans are in rebuild mode. Go ahead. On the Cowboys. Do you Eric pick, Henry, that needs to be the focus for I, I like your friend Henry idea. We got a lot of He's Cowboys still, fans There's here. still some mileage. I'm telling okay. you, there's still some mileage on that. You, so you, you could probably pay him. him less than you're going to pay Pollard given mileage. Mileage, right? Yeah, I just don't know if you can do both of them. Okay, what about Dak? Because you're going to have to pay Dak eventually. He's a former tag player who they now have a contract on, and they're going to have to re-sign him. Dak has all the leverage. I mean, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. A lot of money. 
It and, doesn't matter what you think of Dak Prescott, you know. No, well, the only what you can say about it, he can't get him over the hump in the playoffs. No. But he had a MVP level he season did. this he had year, a really good season. And so, are you ready to sort of uh, tell yourself we're ready to move on from a guy that we know? Yeah, we can't quite get it done in the postseason with him. We're still trying there, but a guy that you know is going to be right there, have you first or second in the NFC East. I mean, that it's the, the unknown there is a little bit scary. The challenge is you're going to have to pay him fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he's going to get. It's the, it's, the, it's the going rate. When you stick with a quarterback and they put up numbers like that, Prescott does, you're going to have to pay 40 <laughs> to $50 million so bucks. Much. That hurts so much unless your name is Patrick Mahomes, man. I'm sorry. And I love Dak. I'm a Mississippi State guy. But it's like, man, that's a lot of dough for a guy who can't get over to him. I think they, I think they got to keep Dak happy. I think you, that's as good as you can hope it's for one because thing, you're not going to draft it's, somebody. It's one thing with the Bears where you've never had a guy that's putting up numbers like like a Dak or, or even been in the MVP discussion, and you yeah. just keep you just keep it's 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 a turnstile. You just keep going through quarterbacks trying to find that guy. But it's it's another Once thing you when find deciding that you're yeah. ready to move on from a guy that in the regular season, yeah, say for not this season, last year when he threw up 15 picks, something around that, yeah. led the league. Two years he ago, has yep. been pretty phenomenal. Yes, he He's yes. been pretty phenomenal for them. But, again, the book on him will always continue to be at this point, and you can get paid high money still doing this, is that he can't get him over the hump. That's Romo, Josh Allen's Romo was a blowtorch. Romo yeah. would get into the spot and blow up. Oh, yeah. Dak has just not been able to make the play. Yep. The play. It's not so much, you know, the the turnovers or anything else. It was pretty clean this year, but it's the play in the playoffs. He just hadn't been able to walk through that door yet. Yeah. Uh, if I'm the Cowboys, I keep trying with him because, again, you still got, you know, you got Micah Parsons on defense. You're a contender. Who knows what happens with Philadelphia, but uh, Dak in that contract situation has all of the leverage from everything you read about. I think he's even got a no-trade uh, clause yes, in there. He, does. Like, he He has complete control of the situation in terms of his contract and all the leverage it feels like. So we'll see. Dallas, again, I, w- I would say needs to be focused on finding a a, a running back like a Derrick Henry. And then you can use a, a – who's the kid? Is it Deuce uh, – the kid Deuce Vaughn? Whatever yes. the, the other the, little the running back, back that they brought in last year. Yep. He can be now be your Pollard. Yep. And so for, you know, my, my guess, Tony Pollard not back with the Dallas Cowboys. I could be wrong. I think you might be right. But my, my guess is some team's going to be willing to pay him more than what Dallas is next year because Dallas needs more of a red zone threat. I think that guy's Derrick Henry. Um Next one. Next story. All right, Rick Pitino tried to come out and address what we said was him being a jerk, calling out his school's team facilities, calling out every player on his team as either unathletic or slow or just yeah. literally physically weak. Walk it back there, he, buddy. He, he said about he said about one. So you think he walked it back, huh? Nah. No. What the man said is he doesn't regret criticizing oh. his players and the program's facilities in that rant following the loss on Sunday to Seton Hall. Yeah, they went back to him, and after the national news that he made, uh, tearing through his team, they went back to him yesterday and asked him, do you want to walk he in this back? And what, you really think Rick Pitino going to walk I, anything I thought he back? Would. That man's I, ego I, I didn't too see big the story, but I thought he might. I was pointing out exactly in a monotone voice why we lost. I am not always calm, and certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. I sometimes want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention Sunday. When asked if he thought his comments required clarification, Patino said, I'm fine with what I said. Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. The man said the program has issue facilities, except he used the real word. Now, oh. this is a job that you just took. This is St. John's. And John's. you said you're happy to be here. You're talking about these players representing St. John's right in a fashion that's, you know, uh, you know, positive for the school, but then you take a dump on the facility. He was just at Iona. Do you think Iona's facilities are better than St. John's? No way. They started. He's frustrated, man. They started the year 12 and 4, but they've lost 8 of their last 10. And so he's you, throwing bro. the players. He's throwing the facilities. I give I give Penny credit. When Penny was asked which players 
again, which players directly are the ones quitting on you, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't name names. Yeah. I still think that's the right thing to do in college basketball. Rick Pitino, Mr. Ego, uh, Mr. Uh, national Champion, whatever, yeah. he didn't care. And, and just, again, because you're accomplished, I don't think it gives you the license to be like that. He was a jerk. He remained a jerk when he didn't walk it back yesterday. All right, next one. You'll like this. Next story. Okay. Mm. Lionel Richie still thinks about the song that led to the greatest night in pop. Um, that is the story over on Netflix. And, again, for those of you that have already watched the documentary, um, you were smart. If I'd, if I'd known this was out late January, I would have already been locked in um, came out on January 20, 29th. And like we mentioned, this isn't really a conversation I feel like I can have with John. He's just going to roll his eyes, not care when he I start talking about looking at Michael Jackson. Right? Did you see? It was, Dan Aykroyd was in there. Yeah, what was that about? What, I, just, they didn't tell they that wanted Dan the Aykroyd there. He I mean, was a he, huge star, of Aykroyd, course. Well, Ghostbusters was around the time, yeah. right? So I just figured because he was celebrity. hot in that, they brought him yeah. in. But uh, 49 of Pop's biggest stars come out for, you know, a benefit, essentially, yep. you know, for for Africa, basically, yep. right, to raise money. Um, food shortage. Food, yeah, I mean, food they were shortage, to, everything yeah. else, whatever they could do. And they came together with a song that essentially it looks like was put together by Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson. Yep. Now, as a little kid, I didn't know everything that it took uh, in terms of the production of this song to, to pull these 49 folks together, 49 or more, together. And you had camera crews in there that were filming a video at the same time, and they only had basically a night Yep. To do this, because again, I think Bruce Springsteen was on tour at the time. All of these, uh, all of these performers were all doing their own thing, and many of them at the height of their careers. Daryl Hall, John Oates were up in there. Yeah. Um, just anybody you can think of. Stevie Wonder, we mentioned Bob Dylan as well, and so they're all in there trying to get it done in one night. It's hot. Folks are starting to stink. Al Jarreau is hitting a bottle of wine. He's drinking too much. <laughs> Lionel Richie says uh, on that. So, so it is fantastic for those of us that are old enough to remember how big this song was for the world at the time. Now, I took a couple of notes, and I'm curious to see, Brad, because you watched this before I did. So I'm oh, going to sure. You said you talked about it with the wife and everything else. We were I, I was it. in awe watching him. Wife Me and I too. couldn't stop talking about Same. it at the end of the night. Exactly. So it took Stevie Wonder to get Bob Dylan comfortable enough to sing in this setting because Bob Dylan used to is used to being solo dolo, not yeah. being around a lot of people. And so for, to get Bob Dylan to sing his part, Stevie Wonder had to basically be, as Huey Lewis said, a psychiatrist. You had to kind of <laughs> coax him into it. He had to play it on the piano. And then finally, for the first time in the night, Bob Dylan smiles. Yeah. Like, yeah. the whole time he looks confused, yeah. right? The whole time he's trying. He's not singing. Everyone else is singing. Yeah. But finally, they come around because Bob's got a solo in this, obviously. They come around to him, and Stevie is able to pull him back in. It's amazing sort of how big a role Stevie Wonder played yeah. as well. Amazing. Like, yeah. in all of this and getting everybody comfortable. But, obviously, Lionel Richie, a big part of his too, uh, told the story about Lionel snitching on Al Jarreau hitting the wine. He tells you that. They even have the footage of the wine bottle empty. Yeah. And then Al Jarreau goes to try to sing his part, and he looks and sounds too he's drunk inebriated. to sing the part. No, he's drunk. Had no idea what was going on when you hear that song as a kid, mm-hmm. but when you watch the video of it, you have to imagine a they bunch of there. They had to do several takes with Jarreau to get the oh, perfect man. Because, for his, because for it was his a isolation mess. piece. Because he was a mess for a, a mess, minute. yeah. And so, so you had to go through this with each person sort of find their range, what they were comfortable with or yeah. not, to get the finished product. Waylon Jennings walked off. He's gone. When Stevie Wonder tried to put some Swahili in the yeah, song. He, Waylon gone. Jennings, Waylon Jennings said, I don't know what Swahili is. Yeah, he's gone. I'm up out of here. So they lost Waylon <laughs> at one point during this thing. Yeah. And here, Huey Lewis, too. Here, here was one that really got me yeah. because y'all know I am a huge 
huge Prince fan. Yes. And so what I, I guess I hadn't thought about in years mm-hmm. was the fact that Prince, who was obviously huge at the time, just like Michael and everybody else, they were sort of rivals. Yep. By the way, Michael and Prince. Prince is not on the song. No. Okay? What you notice if you watch the documentary is one of his longtime friends, at one point, I believe, girlfriend, but their relationship goes back 30 years, Sheila E. Yes. No, Sheila on the drums? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sheila E. is there. She's among them. And towards the end of the documentary, she talks a little bit about, you know, what an honor it was to be yeah. among, you know, folks that had bigger careers than her. Now, Sheila E.'s had a great career and a long career. She talks about that, but she also introduces this toward the end that, she felt like she was maybe being used. Yeah, but to get Prince to be to there. To get Prince to come. Yeah. What I did not know, Brad, is that part of that song was written for Prince. Prince was supposed to sing yep. right after Michael Jackson. And because he did not show, had and, to wipe Sheila, it out. and they had Sheila E. calling him, asking him to come. Yep. That's why she felt a little bit used. Yep. Because Prince did not come, Huey Lewis, from Huey Lewis and the News, sang the line <laughs> that Prince was initially... Uh, uh, in, it, 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 it was initially for Prince to. Uh, it was for, in his key. They wrote sing. it for his key, yeah. and, and, and Huey pulled it off. Here it is, right here. Man, we timed that out beautifully, wow, didn't we? That was God. well done. Yeah, we really timed that out beautifully. Yeah, you did. Then Cindy, yep. the way she broke out. This, I mean, I, again, Crazy. Bruce Springsteen's part. Which I had never really focused on. You know, I, I respect the mess out of Bruce Springsteen. He's the boss, man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But the how much effort he put into singing it when you can see him doing it, man, and he's coming off tour, so he's worn down. Man, you got nothing but love for, for crazy. The, all the work and how fast they were able to pull this thing off. I probably, I mean, you talk about spoilers. I've given probably, you know. That, so yeah, someone it, would have stopped you, me before. No spoilers probably. in this. No, but, I, but it's I, not I spoilers. Think, no. there, we've there, left out a ton. No, there's uh, you, you can pull something almost out of every scene again if you were old enough to remember yeah. all of those performers at their height and how you sort of looked up to them at that time. Paul Simon was in there. Another yep. name I didn't mention. Yes, I mean just about everybody who was anybody in pop music was there. Kim Tina, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Kim Carnes was yeah. there. Yes, Kim Carnes was there. Yeah, Bob Dylan, like you mentioned. I, I will say, if you'll indulge me, Harry Belafonte. Who's, who I think originally they're saying it's crazy. This idea of helping yes. the world with a song was his. Quincy Jones, of course, the producer, is he waving his hands together. and putting it all together. I will say, uh, if you'll indulge me, this was part of my childhood and possibly one of the reasons why I got into radio, especially because I started on music. Oh, damn. And I, I loved I music radio. One of the reasons you got into radio. I, I'm interested I, well, in this. Well, I, I used to listen to the radio with my mother in the car going to school, and you'd have these moments. This was played at the same time across America, okay, in 1985. And you had the basically the 50 biggest of all time, including Michael Jackson, in the damn video. Oh, and this one was Prince. I mean, it was massive, massive. And, and now we can't really relate to it as kids because we've got everything right there. If you want to hear a song, you can get it on Amazon Music or, you know, anything. So, like, there's a program director who now works for Stevie Wonder. And this is my Memphis Connection story. Oh. He works for KHLJ, which is owned... By Stevie Wonder. It's in Los Angeles. Chris Malone, who is from Memphis, Tennessee, is the program director. Used to work with me on uh, 94.1 here in Memphis. How about this? Chris was started out at 88.5 in Memphis. He's worked in Boston. He worked in Memphis. He worked at 103.5 here in Memphis. And now he's the program director. And uh, he texts me pictures all the time of Stevie and him in the studio together at KJLH Radio Free LA. And Chris Malone is the program director from Memphis, Tennessee. How about that? He sees 
he sees him every day working with him at, there at an urban station in Los Angeles. And it's weird because Stevie hasn't changed that much. Like, Stevie can still... He he's he's an unbelievable performer. But when you watch this, if you haven't seen this video that that Jason's talking about, just go to Netflix and download. I don't really care what age you are because it'll school you on kind of like what you and I grew up on. Ray Charles, we didn't mention him. He was there. Ray was in there, and he was telling him, man, we got to hurry this up because my kidneys is failing. Like y'all got to come on with this. Get your part right and let's go. Like there's there's yeah. it's hilarious. I didn't like, realize it was after the ACMs. By the way, that's how they got Lionel. Lionel flies in, hosts the ACMs. He hosted it, and he won three awards in the same damn program that he was hosting. What I can't get over is how much better Lionel looks now than he did then in the damn 80s. I mean, good work on... on they yeah, I look at him, him and I say, wow, you've, you've had some work done. But then when you see old, natural Lionel, even with the work, the work he done, looks he better. looks better. No, I think He looks right. better now. He does. He in, does. Today in 2024. Yeah, well... It, which, is, you know, which is crazy to Raising me. them kids will do that to you. Now uh, he's been well, I mean, free what, for a while. What I tell you, Brad, and you've probably heard the phrase, black don't crack, see? But, <laughs> but, now, but it is obvious, I believe, that Lionel's <laughs> had a little bit of work to help with that. Now, you know what the black version of this was, right? Like the rap version. What is it? I want to say it came out a few years later. Okay. Came out in 1989. I might remember look, it. Look it up on uh, okay. YouTube real quick. I'm about to give it to you. Okay. Self-destruction. Oh. Okay. Now, self-destruction was a, a response to violence in the hip-hop and yep. uh, uh, black Stop communities, the violence basically. Movement. Basically. And yep. self-destruction, because I was talking about this with this, turn this, talking about this with my wife last night. Yeah, it's, it's a good, safe song. I don't think you ain't got to worry about nothing. But yeah, there it is. KRS-One, MC oh, Light. Wow. Uh, remember Cool Mo D, Heavy yeah. D, uh, uh, D Nice was in this thing. It was Flavor sort of along the Flavor Flay, Public Enemy, Chuck D is up in that thing. Dougie Fresh is up in that thing. It was sort of like the, a kind of a hip hop follow up. I don't think a this few had years as much later. traction oh, as bro, the it, other. It didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. It didn't come close to doing I, I, what. I don't think we, this. But this was sort of the hip hop rap version of, in the late eighties. Yeah. To to we are the world. And again, it was a response. I know. I figured I was putting you on to something you'd never heard before. But then something you might want to show Jake, who I know is sort. I know. I school him on. Jake this. is all about that. I, I like the way Jake is open to the culture. Yes. And yeah, he might. Jake might find this quite a bit interesting. He sure this, will. Uh, this self destruction one. That that was the answer, man. That, that little bit of little bit of school for you there <laughs> on hip hop. Self destruction was the sort of we are the world of the hip hop that we did a few years later. This is good. We were trying to, yeah, we were good. trying to stop the violence, man. We were trying wow. to stop the violence. Now I don't think uh NWA or anybody was in that one. I think uh, Boogie Down, Stetsa Sonic, Cool Mo D, uh, MC Light. Miss Melody is in there. Who Heavy was the D. young kids that had the the, t- the 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 kid? There's one or two kids. There were twins. Dougie maybe? Fresh might have looked like a kid, and yeah. it was so long ago. Uh, Big Daddy Kane also makes an appearance in the video, uh, but is only seen in the background. So for those that remember, uh, uh, we are the world in self destruction. Boy, those '80s were good times for uh, yes. for music. Yeah, putting you taking you to a little hip hop school there, Brad. It's pretty good. Yeah, that was one of the originals, man. And no question, it man. Uh, you know whether it was uh, Chuck D or KRS One. You know, they were progressives, man. They were always yeah. about, you know, improvement, the community, everything else. And so, yeah, man, they were trying to do something positive, bro. And they, and they did. They Stop did. Stop the and violence. So, MC Light. I understand Light. they raised a, a lot of money and everything else. Yeah, MC Light, who by, now does, if you listen, she's like the uh, PA announcer basically for most of the award shows. Yeah. Uh, PA, she's, she, they use her, was on BET. I want to say they no, used her for a, the Grammys. Yeah, she's on everything. Yeah, I want to yeah. say they used her for the Grammys. She's made a ton uh, of money doing Her VL. career long lasting. Yeah. She's been fantastic. Georgie Porgy, a fantastic song. Thank you for uh, Nah, man, I tell you what.
like I said, that would have been a two-minute conversation with John because he wouldn't care about We Are the World and how it's put together and everything else. Just because John and, ev- and everybody that's of that age, I'm not picking on John here, it's sort of, you know, no, I, no. I can understand. Yeah, yeah, maybe you respect music history, but you have no idea of the significance of that song and how hard it would be yes. to do something like that today. If you're To 40, get everybody in the same room. Jason, it, I guarantee there are 40-plus guys and ladies listening to us talk right now who are shaking their heads are like, oh, yeah, I'm all into this thing. I yeah. mean, it's a, it, was a, it was a monumental music thing at the time. It yeah. really was. It's crazy. And I wish my only regret is that uh, Prince hadn't, you know, Prince left that hotel or wherever he was at that night and had come over yeah. because he was right there in town and everything else. I will say, I didn't... I wish the, he had been part of it. It didn't impress me what he did. Like, you probably should have made that if you're a Prince. I, I have to imagine it's one of, the, one of the few regrets he has on his career. Yeah. I would think when so. you look at what that song did, yep, and the fact that frankly it was really it seems like a lot of it just of okay, no, you're not going to be in there with Michael Jackson. Now right. a lot of it, you know, Prince wanted to make his own rules. He was and doing think, his own thing. I think thing. at the end of the thing they suggested he wanted to add a guitar solo yes, to the song. He did, they and say they're saying, that. bro, yeah, we don't yeah. have that in here for that you. Ain't part of we this. had a part for you yes. to sing, yes. and so a lot of it was just ego. But I got to imagine as he got older and saw how big that thing was and realized that a beef with Michael Jackson was silly. Yes. We can all eat. You well, know what I'm saying? That that at some point he probably regretted not being a part of that night because there was nothing but greatness up in there. Sheila E. tried to describe it and buffered a little bit so we didn't think ill of him by saying that he just wasn't into all those people being in a room together and right. the, the whole vibe of it. Like he was, he, That wasn't his vibe, basically. But, but it wasn't Bob Dylan's either. No. And Bob no. Dylan did he it, made it, he made it because through. he thought it was about something bigger it. It was the food. than himself. Bob was super uncomfortable. Yes. We just told you. Barely, could, was barely singing until Stevie no. got him to smile and, and sing. It's the same thing for Prince. A lot of those people were probably out of their element. Yes. Probably preferred to be doing their own thing solo dolo. Obviously. I mean, they're all at the height of their careers. Prince wouldn't do it. And so <laughs> no. that, that's my only regret is that he sort of let his ego, it feels like, yeah. get in the way here. He looked like, sounded like he was available. And then at the end, oh, let me uh, let me donate you know, a, 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 a guitar track to it. No, man. You know, it was, it was all this. Prince. Yeah, it was, it was a, the yeah. bigger picture, yeah. you know, and as much as I, I Prince can but do, you brought this Prince story can do no like wrong this. in my eyes, yeah. but I, I, I feel like this was one of the, one of the bad decisions of, uh, of his career here. Well, we've got much more to get to. It won't be about music anymore. We're going to talk sports, uh, the rest of the way. And then 125, make sure you're locked in about an hour from now or 45 minutes or so from now. We're talking to Brian Hall, uh, local MMA trainer, but now trainer of the stars. He's got, uh, Danny, left hand to God Barlow, rising up the UFC ranks after a big win in UFC 298 over the weekend. We're going to talk about you know how he did it, how he put together this champion, a former Westwood High basketball player, turned him into an absolute killer on the UFC scene. We'll talk a little UFC Memphis history. How many other Memphis guys have won UFC matches? We know Quentin Rampage Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, came out of the great uh, Raleigh Egypt High School. We know he's won. How many more are there? Because I believe... Uh, it's a very small number that now includes Danny Barlow. We'll do uh, all that when we get back. You're listening to Jason and John, 929 FM, ESPN. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel. Every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. Can do it this week. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you've already got an account. Everybody can take advantage. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlay is the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. And like we said, NBA action resumes on Thursday. However you want to play, though, just head over to FanDuel.com slash Smith. That's the promo code uh, to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash J-S-M-I-T-H. Nice little way to turn a couple bucks into a tank of gas. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and of 929 FM ESPN. You must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-97. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Unchain my heart. Take you through the uh, lunch hour here, hour number two. And man, <laughs> did J.J. Riddick have some things to say on first take about Doc Rivers. Whoa. His former coach, by the way. <laughs> Lit him up. Uh, yeah, JJ, I forgot that connection. J.J. Riddick, who mm. is doing a fantastic job as an analyst now. Yeah, uh, and was one of the candidates we said to replace Doc Rivers on that on that A team. We thought that JJ should be pushed right up into that spot. He's so good. Uh, apparently, in, and I call a little bit of the beginning of first take. Uh, I think the A block was uh, who's the you know who's got to take over as the next face of the NBA. Like they're they're kind of in the dog days of looking for for mm-hmm. stories. But at some point, the uh, 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 first take that I didn't see, they had Reddick on, and uh, as CBSSports.com, which wrote about it, puts it. Uh, he did not shy away from harsh criticism of his former coach. Doc had spoken during All-Star break. We know he was there as the Eastern Conference coach, replacing Adrian Griffin, uh, because obviously Adrian Griffin fired. Doc Rivers comes in. Boston Celtics have the best record in the East, but because their staff was there last year at the All-Star break, he had to go down to the Bucks staff. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers is there, so he spoke a lot about coming in at the half. Sounds like you've got some I've of got the, the audio. Uh, you've got the JJ audio? Yes, I've got so, JJ. Okay, I'll finish setting Set it up, up, please. So Doc had been uh, critical of sort of the situation. Hey, it's hard for me coming in here. Good. Mid-season, everybody else doing it. We get all of it. Mm-hmm. JJ Riddick had some things to say about what Doc said this weekend. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. <laughs> and then you look at his quotes Thanks. over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> – there's never accountability with that guy. Woof. Woof. I mean <laughs> – <laughs> um, the emotion of it. He clearly doesn't like that. Makes it, makes it sound like there's, there's more, it does sound personal. And he uh, feels he, deep. He did play for Doc at one point. Yeah. I will say, mm. to his point, I mean, the way that Doc is, uh, uh, J- as JJ put it, is sort of always you know throwing the players under the bus, never any accountability. Do you remember how he sort of helped contribute to the breakup of the Ben Simmons? 
of that iteration of Philly. Because after, remember when Ben <laughs> refresh me he, on he, this one. You know, Ben uh, wouldn't Ben yeah. wouldn't shoot it at the end, right? And, and it was, it was. I mean, it, it was getting tough to yeah. do. Yeah. But Doc Rivers was asked after they lost in the playoffs about you know uh, uh, about Simmons being the point guard and everything else, and could it work? Yeah. Right. Is Doc Rivers and, and basically you know gave the whole I don't know I don't and questioned basically Simmons and everything else. But my point is, and and now to JJ's point, you know he. Uh, that's why Doc wants to take credit for bringing James Harden in. Well, that didn't work out either. But back to the point, you know, he sort of drove the final stake in that, questioning Ben Simmons' mm-hmm. uh, ability to be a point guard. You had every other player on that team because of doubting Ben Simmons. It it it, it contributed to that breakup. Then they make the move of going in to get Harden, yep. which further ran them into a hole because that didn't work. And so, like I said, he he helped break that up. He Doc is. Plenty fine with throwing guys under the bus as yes. opposed to the sort of uh, introspective look and saying, man, this one's on me. And we know he's had the, uh, I think it's the most game seven losses of any NBA coach. Now, you do have to get to those spots. You know, Doc's got a long career, won a title with the Celtics, and has put himself in position where he's in those playoffs and getting to those game sevens, but you're losing them. And that's going to, uh, uh, you know, it will always, in many ways, stain uh, your your resume, uh, all those game seven losses, and so I, listen. I've I've said it. I said it when they went and got Doc. He ain't gonna be able to fix a defense that was nineteenth when he came. Now it has gone up. It's gone up to seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Again, so much of that is personnel, and they've uh, they've gone out and acquired some guys like uh, Patrick Beverly, if, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, no, right. at yeah. the trade deadline to try to add some of those guys like that. But the bottom line is, when you ship out a Drew Holiday who's so defensive centric, yep. right, and, and you bring in a Dame Lillard. You're going to have breakdowns. You're not going to be as good defensively, and I just don't think uh, Doc's schemes or anything else is going to be, you know, uh, uh, something where where it's it's a it's a fix fix in the way that the Bucks are ready to win the title. And I think I think JJ's right. Like that's on you, Doc, to not have your team ready for that final game against a Grizzlies team that, frankly, you should be able to play hard against for about two or three quarters and be able to knock out. I mean, you can throw the players under the bus if you want to and say they were in Cabo, but, bro, you're the one in control of this thing, and you're being played handsomely to do it. Um, I'm with J.J. Doc, Doc, all about them excuses. Uh, at some point, it's got to come back on you. Uh, no question about it. I like, the, uh, I like the passion of J.J. there. I wonder if a little bit of personal got into it, but I think he's spot on with some of the uh, the lack of accountability when it comes to Doc Rivers. We'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong and have the Bucks in the finals, but I've got my doubts. Again, you do have two studs, though, with Dame and with Giannis. You got those two. You got a shot. I just don't think Doc's going to spread any uh, sprinkle any magic uh, dust on this thing. I didn't understand the move for the Bucks. I didn't understand the move. Well, I, you you have to go get someone that Giannis is is going to believe in to the point that so so it has to be someone that's won a championship, right? And they had to be sitting on a couch. Yeah. And there's only a few guys like that, right? Because you just tried it with Adrian Griffin, who, mm-hmm. by the way, that you know Giannis campaigned for to start. It all falls out. Why? Because at the end of it, Giannis doesn't respect Adrian Griffin. Right. He and the guy, much like you know LeBron, we've seen with coaches. If man, if you ain't got the cachet, brother, he's gonna get you out of there and go find somebody that yeah. does typically. And uh, now I guess he did kind of start over and uh, sort of take a couple steps back when you go with Darvin Ham, who was unproven. Uh, all that said, that's what it seems to be. Seems to be here. I mean, Giannis wanted this uh, Adrian Griffin. It didn't work out. You probably, you know, that, that organization said, well, we got to go good. Somebody that's won mm-hmm. championships that he'll believe in. And you take Doc Rivers, again, we'll see if it works. Uh, uh, sticking with the NBA, though, the uh, ESPN's got a new mock draft out done by the great Jonathan Gavoni. So it's, a, it's official in terms of mock whatever number this is. And I uh, went down through it, uh, and frankly, I don't understand it. Um, 
let me let me let me That's pull crazy. up here. Yeah. Now they've got the the Grizzlies right now projected at number seven in the draft. Okay, and they have the Grizzlies selecting. If I can get to it here, Jacoby Walker, six five guard out of Baylor. He's a freshman, former top ten prospect in the class of two thousand twenty three. I remember that about Jacoby Walker. And this season, as a freshman, he's averaging fourteen point five points for Baylor. And I have no doubt that Jacoby Walker is probably a pretty good uh, shooting guard, wing-type prospect. But why would you use number seven on another wing? In a year where it feels like, Brad, you found, correct me if, if, if maybe I'm off here, but you found two wings in Vince Williams Jr. and G.G. Jackson. And right, for right now, at least, you've got Marcus Smart in the starting wing position. Yeah. So while I get that, you know, you take best player available and maybe Jacoby Walter is that, I don't understand the fit adding a guy who would be somewhere between 11 and 15 and isn't providing any depth for you yeah. in a front court that is now thin with some of the moves you've made, allowing, you know, trading Xavier Tillman, a front court that needs depth. I, I just would not understand going wing, going shooting guard with the number seven pick. And that's, uh, here's the one thing. Jacoby Walker, he's shooting 32.9% from three. Yeah. So 33% from three. It's not like he comes in here as some freshman wing shooter. Uh, again, I'm sure you know we've seen numbers go up uh, as they become pros and everything else, but 38, 39% from the field overall, 33 from three. He is raw. Uh, again, 14 half points, 6'5", about 200 pounds. But don't you have your wing spot settled? You, I guess, that's you what do, I'm getting at. You do, uh, but it's interesting. Aren't, aren't, aren't we out of the, yep. you know, trying to find the next wing that yeah. you've missed, you know, that you, for a while there you were missing on? I, I think you do. Out of that business? I think you would do. Uh, the Athletic, interestingly enough, also projected them as a six, you know, they're six, seven, they're somewhere in the pit, in the mix there. Yeah, they Ron, had theirs out Ron Holland too, right? is who they've selected, and I was, it was the same question I had, which is, it's another six, eight wing. I, I um, Ron Holland is now out for the season with a thumb injury, mm-hmm. so so no more uh, no more G League ball uh, for him. That again, I'm not exactly sure what he's going to be at the next level. He's Can't got a little, shoot, really. He's got a little bit more. He's got some more size yeah. uh, than this kid than this uh, central shooting guard, Jacoby Walker, out of Baylor. So I'm not going to say that can't work, but I'm w- right. I'm with. Here's where I'm at. Unless it's one, and you're, you know, uh, then it's a good chance I'm I'm ready to trade the pick. I think that's the move. Because even, I, I will use the Golden State example again for those who have not heard me use it. Golden State had what we thought was the perfect pick at number two, trying to bounce back to a contender mm-hmm. the next season. They took James Wiseman. It looked good. It didn't work out. And yet that didn't hold them back from winning a championship. Right. That that rookie player didn't contribute to that. Use the pick to go get a use vet pick, yeah. that can contribute. Right. Now. To to being a champion right. next year right. or the next year after that, but that's the it's, it, it's it, a it fits timeline better and everything else. Again, maybe there is someone in this draft that you're comfortable with, comfortable enough with at the at the center position to bring in. You know, maybe he is your center of the future, mm-hmm. but is that guy going to be ready to help next season? Because I think that's where you are as a franchise. Like we said with Jess, one through ten, you look great. Yeah. There is one hole, and it needs to be filled by a veteran center. Not a rookie center, and certainly not a rookie wing that you're bringing in with the number seven pick. Is there any? And I, I know the answer already, but is there any scenario where Edie could start an NBA game next year? Start? Yeah. For a scrub franchise? Yeah. Not for this franchise that's trying to contend next year. Yeah. I think that's the right answer. I mean, Walker Kessler pan, panned out pretty fast mm-hmm. and was and was ready to play 
immediately. So I'm not going to say that there's just no one in there or, or maybe that, you know, in this mm-hmm. case, Edie couldn't come in and contribute. Filipowski is but somebody they Does Edie fit Memphis's style? It doesn't uh, seem like it to me. Not really. Not up and down. He like is that big doing. you want. And, yeah. and again, Filipowski, uh, the kid over at Duke, everything else, mm-hmm. like there are other centers in this draft who do stretch the floor, play a little bit more of a yeah. real NBA today game. Zach yeah. Eady does not play that. Zach Eady's a big, big guy in the in the paint that ain't going to come out of it much. Yep. So it kind of goes against the league. But there will be a place for Zach Eady in this league. I just don't think it's going to be with that high a pick. Here's what I would do. I would just, if you're going to use the pick, I'd go get Dalton Connect. That's what I would do. It's weird how the range of uh, his range, the the with with his where he will be selected. I'd in pick the first him at round. six right now. I think Parrish had him. We said last week. I want to say lottery definitely. And then yes. I thought I looked on this uh, this ESPN one. He's lower. He's like nineteen. He's outside of the lottery, but um, yep, definite first rounder. Dalton I love connected. that player. I draft him in the. I draft him wherever my well, pick. I guess the reason I'd be cool with Dalton Connect if you did, or at least you could sell it to me, is because you were adding shooting. You're adding yep. shooting to a team that last I checked is 28th in the league in, in three-point field goal percentage. It also maybe gives you a little bit of insurance with Kennard. That he's a, my point, he's a bona fide shooter. Yeah, and a, and a Jaco- four-year player, too. I, I, Jacoby Walter, at least from what I've seen so far at Baylor, yes. is not yet that bona fide shooter. No. And so that's why I'd be a little bit more okay with taking a Dalton Connect. Yep. Than I would be with six, taking a six. Jacoby Walter. Yeah, six six and can shoot the pill, and he can, can he shoot can the shoot cover it. off the yes. ball. Yes. So you know you're getting that skill. Yep. You know that that you know to, to come in here and, and and add it to a team that could use more yeah. three point shooting. There's no question about. It. As far as the second round, uh, real quick before we uh, before we hit a break, and we mentioned uh, bottom of the hour, we have on Brian Hall, MMA trainer, yeah. head of the law school. Uh, in the second round, they've got the Grizzlies. This is the ESPN one from okay. uh, from Gavoni taking. Uh, Onyenso, the big kid out of Kentucky. You seen him? I have. Uh, power forward. I watched center, him last week. Sort of, sort of uh, had, a, had seven points, 11 rebounds in that win over Auburn on Saturday. But for the season, I mean, he's a big boy, seven feet, 245 mm-hmm. pounds. For the season, though, um, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not overly impressed by this kid. And, again, this is a second-round pick. <laughs> right. We're not talking about uh, 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 Osenio yeah. being the starting right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts